presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the only show on public radio to help you get years ahead in your real estate investing career with all the best tips and advice and none of the hype. So welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, whether you are listening live on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard or whether you are listening to our iTunes podcast. Either way, we welcome you. And um, as always, we welcome your questions today. If you're in the greater Cincinnati area, it's 513-772-9658. If you're outside the greater Cincinnati area, you can call toll-free 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Today, our topic is about um, the thing, the thing that everyone wants to know about, which is raising money for investments. I saw a, a, a post came up in my in my Facebook feed this morning that uh, someone was saying, so what's the number one challenge of real estate investors today? And of course, there were then 67 answers saying money, 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 money. It's not the deals. It's not the tenants. It's not the buyers. It's the money. So today we are going to discuss what people with money are looking for in investments. My guest is Jillian Sidoti, who is a securities attorney, and she specializes in things like private placement memorandums, regulation defined filings, things like that. She also uh, speaks at seminars, educates real estate investors about how to legally raise capital for their real estate investment projects. And she also uh, is standing on the other side of the uh, wall because, Jillian, I understand that you are also one of those out-of-state investors that people are always looking for. I am. I am. (laughs) So you you kind of bring a perspective to this, not just of uh, you know what? What are your clients who are who are real estate people struggling with? But also, what are people who are looking to make the investments struggling with? And uh, today, we're gonna we're gonna kind of discuss what, in your vast experience compared to a lot of us, uh, these folks are looking for. So um, let's start out just to give just to give listeners some background about what what it is that you do. What are you what are your day to day operations that you are seeing this sort of thing going on? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I've always wanted to be on your show um, because I think that this is such a huge topic now, especially now where people think there is no money out there. I'm here to tell you there's tons of money out there because people are so afraid of the stock market now having lost a lot of money in the stock market. Um, present company included, I, you know, I had a lot of my money in mutual funds and just saw either the level of money I had in my IRA state at exactly the same or go down in the course of three years, which is extremely depressing because you want your money to work for you. Um, but the thing is, I used to be in real estate development. I worked in condo conversions um, for a couple of years while I was studying for the bar exam and while I was still in law school. And that's actually how I got into this because we had so many buildings that we were trying to rehab all at the same time and so many great opportunities that came our way that we needed we didn't have enough cash to keep up with the opportunities. So we wanted to go out and look for investors. And um, a mentor of mine who was also an attorney had said to me, well, you know, you need to do this the right way. And the right way being the legal way and understand that, that we were selling a security by looking for an investor. You're selling a security and you have to have the right paperwork. Um, 
So that's how I really got into it. And I'll tell you right now, as anybody out there who's done real estate investing on the ground, you know, going forward knows real estate investing is not easy. It's hard. You have to look for deals. You have to find deals. You got to pay for the deals. You got to uh, you got to sell the deals. You, all all those things that come with real estate investing, deal with tenants, things like that. Um, and it's not easy. And it's a full time job. And as as an investor now, as opposed to a developer, I really look for somebody who knows what they're doing and who can offer me a decent return. Um, not an outrageous return, a decent return. And the reason is is because folks like myself who have a good job, I'm an attorney, I make decent money, I don't have time to do my own real estate investing. So I will tell you that there's people like myself, doctors, lawyers, you know, teachers, any kind of profession you can think of where somebody likes their job, they don't have time to be a full-time real estate investor. So they're relying on those developers out there that are doing it, have the experience, people like Vina, like yourself, Dina, who know exactly what they're doing when it comes to real estate investing and looking for those opportunities to get into um, the investment. So hopefully today I can shed some light on when you're out there looking for investors, what to say to them and what to offer them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you and I were, were sort of uh, prepping for this call, one of the things that we were, we were both bemoaning <laughs> was, was how, many, how many folks from uh, particularly California, which is where you are, Mm-hmm. will will come to a market like Cincinnati or like uh Youngstown or Detroit or Pittsburgh or Indianapolis, you know, one of these one of these flyover country uh markets where the prices seem to them to be incredibly low. You know, like Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Gosh, I can buy a house for 199. How could I possibly yeah. lose? And right. and and they try to they try to basically either go it completely on their own and not knowing the market at all. Or they rely on someone whose goal is, let's face it, to sell them properties, to, <laughs> to, to tell them what the market's like and what the neighborhood's like and uh, what the property itself is like. And they don't get independent verification of any kind. And they end up selling the property two or three years later, often for, and I, I'm not exaggerating Californians, listen to this, a hundred thousand dollar loss. Not kidding. Hundred thousand dollar cash loss. Two years, three years later. And w- one of the reasons that we thought it was important to do this program is to emphasize to folks that uh, there is another way to do it, other than uh, you know come out and visit the market one time, uh, talk to a wholesaler who's got five properties and just swears they're all wonderful deals, and <laughs> actually. Uh, uh, make money out here. I mean, there's there's lots of money to be made. And yes, it is true that you can buy a house here for one tenth of a down payment on a house in California. It is absolutely true. But but yes. but you know what? Sometimes that's not a good deal. <laughs> Sometimes yes, that's overpaying. No, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I I was one of the I, not for not to, for everybody to learn from my mistakes, but learn from my mistakes. I was very much one of those people who was looking on you know eBay for the deal in Buffalo. Um, and thinking like, oh, six thousand dollars for you know a house, or Pittsburgh, or Youngstown, like you said, they're they're all all those properties on eBay. So if you want to go buy a property and then you know roll the dice and see what happens, um, go ahead. But I guarantee you, it will not turn out the way you want it because you got to think about all the costs and time and effort. And effort is really the big thing too. That's a huge part of it that you're going to have to put into getting that property up and running and resold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and relying on somebody who's selling you the property is just not a great strategy. So, you know, what I'm looking for and what a lot of investors are looking for, they're looking for somebody who's been doing it, who has a track record, who can talk about their track record, and not in a way that looks like I'm talking about my track record so you'll invest with me, but more like I'm talking about my track record so you know it's out there because that really lays the foundation of confidence and uh, somebody that you want to you want to deal with. I, I had... Um, uh, somebody who just emailed me this morning telling me about the deals they that just bought in Pennsylvania and how it was a million dollar deal that they put together by buying all these smaller properties and the what the ARV would be after they bought they sold all these properties et cetera et cetera and it turned out to be worth a million dollars their 
their portfolio. Um, that's somebody I want to invest with. And they weren't emailing me to ask me to invest with them. They were just telling me about how the market works there and what they were looking for and that they went there and they spent a week and it was a very grueling process and they were looking for deals on the courthouse steps. And you need somebody who's going to be that person for you or you need to be, if you're a person looking for investors, you need to be that person. You need to be educating your investors, telling them what you're doing and really laying that foundation so that people have confidence in you and your abilities. Um, because I'll tell you right now, that's somebody I want to put my money into, and that's money that other investors want to put their money into. And investors out there, that's what you should be looking for, somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't try to learn how to reinvent the wheel when somebody already knows <laughs> out there how to how to do it. Very true. And uh, we need to get, take a quick break, but uh, I want to invite all of the both potential investors and the real estate entrepreneurs, let's put it this way, the money people and the people who are going to do the work to call with any questions at 772 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from the Hamilton County Park District, offering a number of facilities to host your after-the-holidays holiday party. That's when availability is greater and your staff can relax and enjoy themselves with a company party after the hectic holidays. The Hamilton County Park District has all the details. They're now taking reservations at 521 Park. That's the Corporate Guest Service at 513-521-PARK or at greatparks.org. And we check on traffic now. All of a sudden, a couple of problems on the expressway. Westbound 275 west of Route 4, an accident. Also, South 75 at 275 in Kentucky, an accident on the left shoulder. And on the side streets, Winton at Smiley, 3500 block of Columbia Parkway, 4th at Plum downtown. Work Road at Westbourne, Sheed at Briley Creek, uh, Coleraine at Compton, and Daly at Wellspring are your accidents. And delays in the usual spots. Your weather forecast from the National Weather Service tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low around 10 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy in the morning. Uh, Cloudy in the afternoon tomorrow, a high of 32. Friday, we warm up to about 42, pretty much the same for Saturday, but then the big chill returns early next week. WMKV is proudly supported by Maple Knoll Home Health Services. As a Medicare certified agency, they provide skilled nursing, rehabilitation services, personal care, homemaking, meals on wheels, transportation, health care management, health monitoring, and social services. Maple Knoll Home Health serves all of Southwest Ohio. More information on Maple Knoll Home Health Services is available at 513-782-2546. 513-782-2546. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Davina Jones-Cox, and... Next week, Mike and I are going to change sides of the table here. I'm going to do the traffic and weather. Mike's going to talk real estate and uh, interview my guests because after having listened to these things for 15 years, I think I... I'm sorry, Mike. It just doesn't sound that hard. Backups at the usual spots. <laughs> Backups at the usual spots. Weather holding. Yeah, I think I think, I think I can handle that. Um, so we're talking today to Jillian Sidoti, uh, who is a securities attorney, uh, out in California, working with a lot of uh, real estate investors who are looking for money and also non-real estate people who are looking for places to invest money. And she is also a real estate investor herself. So we've got we've got quite a, a body of knowledge here. Uh, you might want to give us a call if you have any questions about raising money, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. And you can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com or you can go to askvina.com and also sign up for our complimentary e-letter, which uh, comes out once a week to tell you what's going on on real life real estate investing and also generally includes a, a nice article, uh, educational thing by or about our guests. Um, so, uh, Jillian, uh, we, a bit, right before the break, we were kind of doing the warning of don't don't fly to Cincinnati from California, spend three days here and buy a house and then fly back <laughs> and expect it, expect to, you know, to, to be able to manage the renovation. And, and if the goal is resale, what, what I see is a lot of people looking to come here and invest in, in the long term because of the, the cash flows on these properties uh, or to manage the property or even worse, because I talked to this person today, 
not flying to Cincinnati from California and buying a house here, <laughs> expecting the rest of it to take care of itself. Um, as you say, Jillian, there's there's a lot of folks around who, uh, yeah, they'll sell you a house, but they will also, re- and I think this is the key difference, kind of remain part of the deal. You know, like if, if my entire profit comes from selling you a house and then I promise, I swear to God that after I do that, I'm also going to find you a renovator and I'm going to keep track of the renovation and then I'm going to manage it for you. But realistically, those are not those are neither my strong points nor very big profit centers. I'm probably going to desert you right after you buy the house and I'm going to go find another buyer but someone who's someone who stays in the deal in in the sense that uh you know jillian you and i are effectively partners in the property and if it doesn't make money i don't make money either exactly yeah and that and that's that's the big thing so two things i want to stress with that well first of all let's go back to the seller real quick the the seller who's promising you to do all this stuff if it was really like such the cash cow that they're trying to sell you that it is why don't they just do it themselves and cut you out uh, you know why? Why even sell the property? Why don't they just renovate it themselves and manage it themselves and make all the fabulous cash themselves? I mean, it just it, business-wise, it just doesn't make any sense on pretty much any level. So, so just uh, in essence, stay away from that. I don't know if we've beaten that horse, <laughs> that dead horse, enough, but stay away from that. And investors look for um, you know good investment opportunities, and 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 real estate entrepreneurs. Have your paperwork ready. So, what's this? What am I saying here? Basically, I'm saying real estate entrepreneurs, you are selling a security. We've established I'm a securities attorney, and when you're out looking for investors, you are selling a security. And you can call it whatever you want. You can say you're putting a mortgage on the property in the name of the investor. You can say that you're going to put the title of the property in the investor's name, et cetera, et cetera, and say that's how I'm going to get out of securities law. Or you might have heard some guru out there telling you that you can get out of securities law by saying that it's by declaring it's not a security. That's not how the law works. Then, um, you know, <laughs> you might have heard other people tell you that I'm telling you to please trust me on this one. That's not how the law works. If you're looking for an investment of money from anybody, that is considered the sale of security and you have to have the proper paperwork. So real estate Entrepreneurs, I implore you to get the proper paperwork together for your investors. And investors, I implore you not to invest unless the real estate entrepreneur has the proper paperwork um, that says exactly what you're getting, tells you what all the details are of the deal, and, and discloses any kind of risks that are involved in investing in the deal. Um, and again, I emphasize, it doesn't matter if you put a mortgage on the property or you put the title in the investor's name, it's still selling a security. A, a mortgage, by definition, is an asset-backed security. So just keep that in mind. So what you want to really do, get your paperwork, real estate entrepreneurs, in order. Call um, uh, you know, call, call me or call a, another securities attorney to get together the proper paperwork that you need to, to really lay out what it is that you're selling to your investors. I'm selling you an opportunity to invest in what and what are all those risks involved. And that's another thing I want to emphasize. If you are a real estate entrepreneur and you're, looking, you're thinking about going out to look for investors, get a secure, specifically a securities attorney and don't just go to your local attorney at law who does whatever kind of law because securities law is a very particular type of law and you really want to get a specialist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very true <laughs> as, <laughs> as is always true in any, any any legal specialty don't go the guy who did your divorce to get your uh, your private placement set up well no uh, and you wouldn't want to come to me to get out of jail because <laughs> i have some bad news for you you're probably staying in jail <laughs> so i mean it goes both ways Okay, so um, for for folks who who were a little lost by that brief explanation of of the the, the security setups and so on, uh, there is a show on iTunes. If you go to Real Life Real Estate on iTunes, there's a show from back in uh, I want to say September October uh, with Matt Scott that explained uh, in more detail sort of what those things are. However, uh, we're going to assume that you you if you if you don't understand, you've gone back and listened to that now, and we're going to move on. Um, Jillian, the the uh, Basically, there there are two kinds of ways that the real estate entrepreneur, this person who's trying to raise money, would set this up. Two general ways. Okay, one is 
I'm going to float debt. In other words, you're, you're going to get an 8% return. It doesn't matter how much I make or the company makes, you're getting an 8% return. And mm-hmm. or, or I, I've seen them, you know, four, four and a half, five, six percent in this market as well. Uh, that that is that is the thing that is is most familiar to people who have been using that private lending model, where for each property I run out and I get a, I get a mortgage on the property. The the difference, of course, being the eight percent return is not secured by a particular mortgage on a particular property. It's just companies making money, you'll get eight percent kind of right. kind of kind of right. setup. Now for those kinds of we'll call them offerings, okay? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing the money people wanting and I think uh, another another question is what kind of money people would go for that sort of offering? That that's a great question. Okay, so there's a couple of things there. One thing is you want to consider what type of property you're dealing with. Are you dealing with a multifamily property that's already positively cash flowing? You know, that is a particular type of property that doesn't have as much risk involved as, say, the single-family flips in Youngstown, Ohio, that need tons of rehab. And, you know, you might be looking at a black hole of construction costs. So so you're, you're, you want to go with the, you know, the simple, you know, well-known rule of risk equals reward. What is the risk that your investor is going to take on with their money? And that should equal the reward that you're going to give them. So what I'm seeing lately is just like you said, that 8% return. I'm seeing that a lot in the multifamily cash flowing properties. It's just a good return. It's better than anything you're going to get in the marketplace these days because, you know, CDs are making 1%. And then I'm seeing those single family flips to as much as 15%. But 15% is not a, you know, you don't absolutely have to give 15%. That's another thing I want you real estate entrepreneurs out there to know is don't offer more than you, never offer more than you have to for, for two reasons. One, if you offer an outrageous return, people are going to look at that or potential investors are going to look at that and say, that's an outrageous return, and it's probably too good to be true, and they're going to they're gonna walk away. They're not going to invest with you just because they're scared that that number is too good to be true. Um, number two, um, why would you want to give away more money than you have to as a real estate entrepreneur? The money that you don't give away in distributions to your investor is your money, and it's money you keep. So try to keep as much money as you possibly can while at the same time keeping your investors happy. Um, and actually, I said there's only two things, but there's, there's a third element to that. And that third element is when you're giving away, when you're making stated returns, let's say your stated return is 10%. If you can't afford that 10% and you give everybody 9%, your investors are going to be very unhappy. But if you tell them that their stated return is 8% and you give them 9%, both sets of investors, same return, they're going to be very happy. And they're going to tell their friends, and their friends are going to want to invest with you. And that's how it's going to work. So even though you gave two different sets of investors the same return of 9%, the ones you offered 10 to aren't going to be happy with you. The ones you offered 8 to are going to be ecstatic. So keep that in mind. It's all, it's all kind of psychological, too. It's not just about the returns that they're getting, but it's also what did you offer them and how did you treat them in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and, and a very good point made in there about – Sometimes when you offer higher returns in an attempt to raise more money, what you end up with is a bunch of people going, oh, that can't be right. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody gives 15% returns Bernie made off, you know, so um, that's a, <laughs> that's an excellent exactly. point about, about not offering too much. When we, when we come back, we're going to explore a little bit more what all these folks with all this money are looking for. Jillian, Jillian works with these people every day. She swears there's tons of money out there, so... Why aren't you getting it? Well, might have something to do with what you are offering and who you are looking for. Give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. WMKV is supported by Cincinnati Ballet, celebrating the holiday season with Frisch's Presents the Nutcracker, Cincinnati Ballet's extravagant holiday tradition with Tchaikovsky's delightful score performed live by the CSO. The Nutcracker, December 16th through the 26th. Tickets at 513-621-5282 or cballet.org. 
Yeah, let me check on traffic now. Watch out for an accident on Glendale Milford Road at Sp in uh, and Springfield Township. Uh, reported accident South 75 at 275 in Kentucky. Still have an accident westbound 275 west of Route 4. Uh, and it is causing some delays. So Winton at Smiley, 3500 block of Columbia Parkway, and downtown at 4th and Plum. And uh, West 275 is uh, quite slow between 747 and Route 4. Your forecast tonight, uh, low tonight around 10 above with partly cloudy skies. Uh, tomorrow we'll start the day off with a little sun, but we'll cloud up in the afternoon, maybe get some rain or snow showers. Tomorrow's high around 35 and then Friday, a high temperature of 42. Right now, we're at 20 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Kind of an unusual topic today. This is something you're not going to hear a lot of discussion about in your local real estate association or from the stage at most seminars because there's um, there's a very, I don't know, locked in uh, tradition amongst real estate investors these days about how one raises money and it has to do with uh, what you've commonly heard called private money where you you find a house and then you find somebody who wants to either buy it for you and be your partner or they want to uh, loan you the money and be your bank and our our discussion today is really around the idea of uh, what's the right way to do it <laughs> which is uh, get your get your ducks in a row legally before you embark on any of this and also what are the people with the money looking for and uh, Jillian I just got a question in from uh, who is that Randy who didn't say where he was from but this is a question that I it's, it's an excellent question I know a lot of people are going to have it he says what if my brother wants to invest with me do I still need to get a securities attorney <laughs> that's a great question um, you you know it's I understand as an attorney i'll take my legal hat off for a second um as an attorney i'm going to always tell you you always need to have the proper documentation i don't care if it's your super best friend that you grew up with from kindergarten or your brother or your uncle or whomever as an attorney i'm going to tell you that you always need to have the proper documentation in place um but as a you know citizen of the world who knows that um, attorneys can sometimes be expensive and getting this documentation can be expensive. It's, you really just want to make sure that you memorialize something in writing, no matter who you're dealing with. Maybe not necessarily get a securities attorney involved, but get in writing exactly what they're giving you and what you're getting in return. Um, if you if you put somebody else in the mix besides just your brother, it's your brother and then another person, then you definitely want to get a, a uh, 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 some kind of lawyer involved to at least draft something small up for you so that you can make sure it's all legal and all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Um, because then you really have entered into the world of securities and you want to make sure you're very careful in that regard. I will say that I know it may not seem practical, and I understand that, to go get a, run out and get an attorney for when your brother's in, investing with you. But I did have a client whose stepfather tried to sue him on the basis of violations of securities laws. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. It does happen. Family members will sue you. Yeah, it gets, um, it gets uglier within families sometimes than it does it really with strangers. Does. It really does. I understand it might not be the pr practical thing to do, but if you really want to stay above board legal, yeah, you, you do want to get an attorney involved to, to draft up your paperwork. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, extremely common question. And, and, and actually, I, I think, Jillian, that, that even you recommend that for folks who are just starting out, who don't have that track record, who can't say, yeah, look, I've got 20 deals under my belt and they've all worked, that, that friends and family can be the best place to go. Oh, money. absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the the other thing is too, friends and friends and family are the best place to go and I always recommend that you even do start with friends and family, but still with them, more so than anybody else, I say get something in writing, make sure it's all above board, make sure you're you're really laying out those terms and conditions and everybody understands what's going on here and everybody understands the risks. Um you know, for the small amount of money you'll pay for a securities attorney today, you will save. For the large amount of money you'll have to pay a securities attorney later to get you out of trouble. And I can't tell you how many times I have somebody who calls our office to get them out of trouble and how much more expensive it is to get them out of trouble than it would have been just to get them off on the right foot from the, from the get-go. Yes, isn't it always that way? Um, <laughs> it really is. Okay, Jillian, we have a question here from Doug in Pittsburgh who says, your guest said that raising money is selling a security. It's my understanding that you must establish a relationship with the investor before talking to them about the investment. Doesn't this change whether it is a security or the type of security? Um, okay, no. The, the, answer, the simple answer is no. It never changes whether it's a security or not. It's always going to be security. When you're selling private securities, which is what we're talking about here, we're not talking about public companies. Public companies are those companies that you know on NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, or some of the other smaller exchanges. When you are dealing in private securities, the SEC and the state securities boards have established that you must have a pre-existing relationship with your investor before they can invest. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that your your investor has to live next door to you for 20 years. The legal definition is that you have to have an intimate knowledge of their financial situation before you can take any money. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a mouthful, so let me break it down real quick. You have to basically say, dear investor, before I can talk to you about my investment opportunity, how much money do you have and how much money do you make? And you need to, you can establish this in writing with an investor questionnaire. Once you've established that, once you've gotten them to fill out that very short form, it's, it doesn't take long, you've established your pre-existing relationship. And that really is the definition of a pre-existing relationship. And you are still selling the security even after you move past that point. Mm-hmm. But very good question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Doug actually has a second question here. He says, there are two different ways to do this. One is with a partner and the other one is with a loan. If the loan is secured by real estate, is it still a security? Isn't that different than taking on a partner? Um, no, well, they're different, but they're, they're both securities. Um, if, unless, and, you know, the partner um, model, you know, has been thrown around a lot, like I'm going to take in a money partner. And if it's just you and one other person, I would almost argue, if I was defending somebody, I would almost argue that they weren't selling securities because there was, there was only one other person. And usually the definition of a security means that there's a common enterprise, which means there's more than one investor. However, if you're taking on money partners, plural partners, and these money partners are not regular investors, in other words, it's not their job, it's not what they do on a regular basis, they're not a hedge fund, then you are still selling a security. Let's go back to the loan. The very definition, I guess, again, of a mortgage or a deed of trust is an asset-backed security. So by saying that you're putting a loan and then securing it with the property, that is an asset-backed security. That is a security right there. And anytime you have a promissory note, um, in the SEC's uh, under the 1933 Act, the definition of a security is any note, bond, debenture. And that very first first thing is any note. So that includes any loan that somebody might be making towards your property. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps. I know that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, they're, they're, the devil... The devil here is in the details because, uh, and, and, and if you have details, you need to call a securities attorney like Jillian and discuss your particular situation. Because, uh, Jillian, I can see, for instance, if um, uh, me and two other real estate investors who were married to each other were all going to be joining an LLC together. And, and we, had, right. we had already picked out the property and we, you know, we're all... We're all real estate investors. That's what we do. And it just happened that we've got three people because two of them are married. That might be a different situation 
than than if they're pure money people and you know they don't do this as as you say. So right. probably you know talking to someone about the specific details of your situation rather than trying to extrapolate and guess from a forty eight minute radio show might be a good plan. And, exactly. And, and since 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 since, exactly. since I read the other day that 28% of people don't understand sarcasm, let me say that non-sarcastically and say please please do that. Please call a securities attorney. Uh question here from Cindy in Cincinnati. What if several individuals join an LLC together? We have the documentation for the LLC. Is there something else we need? Okay. Now the the real question is if all those people are joining together, are they all putting an effort? Um you know, and, and I apologize, Nina, because I'm kind of going off track. I know I was going to be talking about what investors are looking for, and now I'm defining securities, and I hope that's okay. Um, but basically, what you're looking for is what effort are people putting in? If everybody's working on the LLC together, then the argument would be that there was no sole promoter or there was no promoter that was selling the securities on behalf of the LLC, and yet rather everybody was coming in together and putting their money in and their efforts in. And I think the, the, the second part of that and their efforts is everybody putting, you know, sweat equity into this as well as money. Are, is everybody going in with eyes wide open or is there some passive investor in there that literally, you know, is outside looking in, knocking on the door going, hey, guys, let me in. I can't I have no control here. And I have no control over my money either because you have it all. And that's really the question you have to ask yourself. If you have your documentation for your LLC, you're all acting as partners. You're all putting an effort in. You're all putting money in. And you all have some kind of level of control. Then I would argue that you're probably fine. I don't know your personal situation. I'm giving you a hypothetical here. Um, but other than that, if there's somebody on the outside looking in and you're controlling their money, and they're expecting a profit from your efforts, then you need to take it a step further and make sure you have the proper disclosure documents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And uh, we've got like three more questions lined up here, Jillian, but uh, we I, I did promise folks when I sent out the email this afternoon <laughs> that, that there were certain things that we were going to uh, cover. So I just, I just want to hit some of these things uh, at least quickly before we go back to some of these specific questions. By the way, thank you everybody for the, the questions. Um, Going back to looking from the looking out of the eyes of the guy who's got the money, he's miserable about what's happened in the stock market. He doesn't like the idea of getting into a CD at two point five percent interest for five years, uh, sure. et cetera. And he, you know, he kind of likes the idea of real estate, but this is not the guy who's ever going to get up to his elbows in drywall mud. He, that's <laughs> he likes the returns. He doesn't like the concept of like rehab and management and so on. These right. these are our potential investors and there are lots of them. Now, one of the big questions that that everybody always has once they, you know, put together all the security stuff they're supposed to put together is, okay, so now how do I find these investors? And how do I convince them that they should invest with me as opposed to Vina or uh, Mike or whomever? Okay. First things first. What you want to do is, and I'm purely talking from a marketing standpoint here, is you want to find out what you, Mr. Real Estate Entrepreneur, are an expert in. Whatever it is you're an expert in. Um, For example, Vina is an expert in, you know, Cincinnati real estate, let's just say. And um, you could talk, you could create a website, Vina, that could talk about all the great, fantastic elements of the Cincinnati um, real estate market and also all the pitfalls and really just educate the public. So what are you doing to educate your investor before you're ever asking them for a dime? That's, that's one thing you want to put in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Back of your mind, ask yourself that question. What are you educating your investors on? Are you offering them something before you're ever asking them for a dime? A big huge thing these days, and I don't even think there's enough education out there about it, is and educating people on how to invest with their IRA, literally giving them a roadmap, not to necessarily invest with you, but how to invest in real estate with their IRA. That is huge because once you start showing people that you know something about something, whether it be IRA investing or Cincinnati Marketplace or you know about, you know, um, 
B-class properties in the Midwest, whatever it is that you know about self-storage. My husband came to me today because he saw something on self-storage, some education on self-storage. He's like, oh, my gosh, we now we have to invest in self-storage. <laughs> and that's how you're going to build I'm, I'm dead serious. It just happened today. He's like, we need to start investing in self-storage. So um, – <laughs> We have this conversation probably like once a month. He comes to me with a new real estate thing we need to invest in. Um, so that's what you want to look at is like what are you an expert in and then share that expertise with the world because I'll tell you right now, that's going to be your greatest tool in your arsenal is that what you know and sharing that with people. Just like I'm doing here today is I'm sharing what I know and I know that just by doing that, somebody's going to Google search my name and eventually come to me and become a client of mine. It goes the same way with real estate investing. Mm -hmm. Educate people on what you know. Get them in that way. So and our, that's how this... Yeah, well, go ahead, Sabrina. So our fluorescent business cards that say, I pay 10% for cash is not is not what we should be doing? Not at all. And as a matter of fact, never talk money on your first... You know, it's kind of like talking about marriage on the first date. You just don't do it. Like, <laughs> you just don't do it. So, I mean, that's, that's the greatest way to scare somebody away. And it also looks like, I mean, have you ever, have you ever wanted to give money to somebody who begs you for it? Absolutely not, because you're wondering why they're so desperate. Mm -hmm. So keep the desperation out of your voice, out of your marketing materials, out of everything as much as you can. That's really what you want to be um, doing. And instead, showing how confident you are your level of expertise, and what you can do for somebody as opposed to what you need from them. Mm -hmm. That's where you want to keep it. Very good. The next, yeah. Cool. And the next thing is get your documents in line. Call a securities attorney. Get an attorney. Your documents in line. Once you get your documents in line, make sure you're organized and ready to go, and you're offering that proper return that equals the risk that your real estate um, opportunity is offering. And there's all kinds of different, I mean, we don't have time to go on a 48-minute show to talk about all the different types of things that you can offer, but don't offer more than you have to. That's really, really important. Very, very good. Uh, one last quick break, and then we're going to come back and answer all these questions that are piling up in my inbox here. Uh, you can also throw in your question if you call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Support comes from the Omnimax Theater at Cincinnati Museum Center, where you can experience the film Hubble. Open now. For 20 years, the Hubble Space Telescope has dazzled us with unprecedented views of the cosmos, from the splendor of our celestial neighborhood to galaxies billions of light years away. Now audiences will blast off alongside the space shuttle Atlantis, SDS-125 crew, witness up close some of the most challenging spacewalks ever performed, and experience firsthand Hubble's awe-inspiring imagery from the heart of the Orion Nebula and our Milky Way to the edge of the observable universe. For more information, visit cincymuseum.org. And let's check on traffic right now. We have an accident on eastbound 275 near Reed Hartman. Also westbound Reagan Highway exit ramp to Colerain. Accident north 75 just north of 74 on the right shoulder. Madison at Red Bank, Glendale Milford at Springfield Pike. Also westbound 275 west of Route 4, uh, but that's causing delays back to 747, 3500 block of Columbia Parkway, and downtown 4th at Plum. Weather forecast tonight, partly cloudy skies will get down to about 10 degrees. Wind chills near zero tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high around 32. Could get some precipitation later in the day. And then Friday, a high around 42 degrees. Saturday, Cloudy skies, a high of 42, and then Saturday night into Sunday, some precipitation, which might mean some more snow, but we'll worry about that this weekend. Right now, it's 20 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to securities attorney Jillian Sidoti about raising money for real estate investments. And I just want to mark this day in our podcast for people who are listening two years later. It is 20 degrees outside in Cincinnati. It's 20 <laughs> degrees. Oh, my gosh. I'm, 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 I'm dying here. Um, okay. So a couple of questions, uh, again, Jillian, that have, have piled up here. Um, question from actually it doesn't say it just says rei uh i'm unable to listen to the live show hopefully i'll get it at the uh i'll catch the podcast 
how do I approach these people if I haven't done any deals and my own personal credit isn't good? Is there something specific I should say to them? Yeah. Hi, Mom. Um, that, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's a, that's a great uh, – you know, you just have to be honest. You can, still, you can still get people to invest with you if you put together a good business plan. There's a lot of people out there – uh, you know, the people who started Google never never created a search engine before they started Google. So, um, and I don't know what their credit was like, but um, they went out, they got money, um, they put together a business plan, and that's really what you have to do. You have to get together your plan and say exactly what you're doing and back it up with the incredible research that you've done. Um, one of my, uh, actually, I will say this unequivocally, my most successful investors are the ones who did the most research beforehand. They did research on the marketplace. They did research on the, um, the types of investments that they were looking into. Um, and they did research on returns. And that kind of thing, if you can offer that kind of thing to your investors, um, there's a lot of people out there who I deal with on a daily basis who filed for personal bankruptcy, and they're still out there raising money. And the reason why they're still out there raising money is because they took a chance they, they took risks, and people recognize that, but they have the research to back up these new opportunities that they're looking at now, whether it be multifamily homes, single-family flips, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, I'd still be in the real estate, um, you know, uh, I'd still be in the real estate game, investment game, if it wasn't so risky and if it wasn't so full of, you know, angst over losing money. Because I'll tell you, that's when, when I stopped was in 2006 when – the money got really, really tight, uh-huh. so, and that happened for everyone. So if your credit's not that good, you're not alone. Uh, again, even if your credit's not that good, I've had people who've filed for personal bankruptcy, and they're still out there raising money. You just you do have to reveal it. Um, if, it if it's a material representation, you do have to reveal it in your documentation because that's a material um, fact that people should know. But uh, you can basically wipe that away with um, research and a good solid plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, uh, Jillian, we're getting we're getting a number of questions here that relate to seller financing, as in uh, I, I meet somebody who is a burnout landlord and they want to sell me their property, but they're willing to carry a mortgage on it for 20 years at $300 a month, and whether that creates a, a security. No, those are usually, first of all, there's no common enterprise, um, and they're, those are usually exempt under um, securities laws, and they're also exempt under lending laws. So I'm going to say you're okay there. You know, just make sure that you have the proper documentation for yourself for a lending relationship and, like that. And both Andrew and Cody, who's from Portland, are asking questions about the SAFE Act and how it might impact all of this. And I, I don't know how much of an expert you are in the SAFE Act, but... I'm not. I'm actually not. I know a little bit about it. We I constantly get emails on, like, new educational materials for the SAFE Act for attorneys. Um, so I am, I am somewhat familiar with it. But I'm going to tell you right now, the SAFE Act doesn't take... Um, doesn't play into too much of this. It can. It can. Don't get me wrong. But it really depends on what you're doing. And without getting into a huge legal mumbo jumbo discussion, if you have a more specific question about the SAFE Act, you're welcome to Google search my name and email me and I'll see what I can um, I can offer in that regard for you. Yeah. And I mean, b- bottom line is the SAFE Act uh, regulates transactions between lenders and homeowners who are going to live in the property not between right. lenders and people who are going to use the property for investment. I mean, that's that's right. so 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 right. so. No, that's exactly true. Yeah. Quick answer is no. Uh, yeah. Question from Robert. He says, "I understand that Reg D five hundred four does allow general solicitations. Is this true?" And Jillian, if you could briefly explain what a general solicitation is, that would be great. Okay. A general solicitation is an advertisement. Now, first of all, one thing you should know, a five, Regulation D-504 does allow general solicitations under the federal law if, if and only if you're only going to accredited investors. So now I have to define what an accredited investor is. And that, I'm going to just put it right out there. It's somebody who's really, really smart and really, really rich. <laughs> That's what an accredited investor is. Um, And then also something you should know, I don't recommend doing that at all on any level. And here's another reason why is because under 504, 504 is not 
accepted in all states. And there's quite a few states who will not recognize 504, period, the general solicitation aspect of it. So I would really look for a different alternative than using a 504. And there, there's you could do a score, which is a small conditional link conditional offering, which you, you register with the state regulators um, on an individual basis and stuff like that. And if you have, again, I invite you to Google search my name and email me if you have a specific thing that you're looking for to do with a, with a Reg D 504 general solicitation, and I can hopefully guide you in that regard. Okay, uh, Jillian, we have a question here that uh, I just I've, it, it's so sophisticated. I have a feeling this person is familiar with you. It's JC in Las Vegas, and it starts with Jillian is awesome, and then goes on <laughs> to say, uh, if I have a properly if I properly formed a private equity offering structured similar to a hedge fund, can I charge investors different expense ratios based on how much capital they've contributed to the fund? And because we've got like two minutes left, and uh, I'm sure it would take uh, 30 minutes to explain this question to everybody else. Is that a yes or no? <laughs> um, the, the, the simple answer is yes, because that's how you would do it anyhow, because all of that would be done based on their capital accounts anyhow. So the simple answer is yes. But again, I invite you with your more specific situation um, to email me. And here's a question from William in Connecticut. Do you need a securities attorney and documentation if you're trying to raise money for something that's not secured by real estate? For example, raising cash to invest in the printing sale and distribution of a book. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Especially people, yeah. I mean, the the simple answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if it's not secured by real estate. And Doug in Pittsburgh says, does anything change if you're dealing with an individual or pre-established group overseas? And oh, if- yeah. Go ahead. Those are, the, those are uh, let me answer it. Those are the best kind of investors because they fall under a law called Regulation S. And Regulation S basically says, we, the United States, can't do anything for foreign investors. Our laws are only here to protect those people who are in the United States. So if you're dealing with foreign investors, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, I still write Regulation S offerings because a lot of my folks want to be above board and they don't want to get sued and all that other good stuff. So um, again, I still recommend that you have the proper paperwork, but I will tell you this, you are totally exempt from the law. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, well, we are out of time and uh, really appreciate all these great questions from our listeners. And if you have further questions for Jillian, even though the show's over, you can go ahead and send them to askvina at gmail.com. We'll try and either get those forwarded to her or get her on a future show. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. This is 89.3 WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Local 12 News at 6 is next. Weather Authority. Breaking news alerts and the hour-by-hour forecast from the Weather Authority. This is Local 12 News. Good evening, everybody. Rob is off. A local mother is hoping this will help catch the man who